freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. We have a great show today. Our theme is, well, isn't that fun? Okay, Cheryl, what are you doing with this? Are you talking... Isn't that fun? I just got ran over by a semi. Or isn't that fun? We're taking our grandbaby to Disneyland. Well, what if I said the answer is yes to all of the above? Actually, you know, tone of voice really is everything, isn't it? I mean, you can make this one sentence sound exciting and genuine, right? Isn't that fun? Just like, you know, taking the the grandbaby to Disneyland or sarcastic and cutting, Right. Or with the slight change in which word you emphasize, you can make it ironic. Well, isn't that fun? Right. So do we listen with a trained ear to our news source? And you can't see me, but I am making air quotes around the word news, news source, because so many news sources nowadays really aren't giving you the news. They're, they're like pre-digesting it for you. And they're, they're giving you their spin and their opinion is what it is. They're, they're pundits rather than strictly um, journalists. And so are we able to detect when they put an ever so slightly biased tone or phrasing in the way that they read the news? Are we paying attention to how much they tip their hand with even their word choices in crafting a headline, which sadly, the headline is about as deep as many of us even go when we read maybe a Facebook post or when we're perusing through the local paper. Just yesterday, I read a headline that a Republican politician who is running for U.S. Senate in Nevada, quote, won't vote for Trump. Now, if you just scan the paper or the news site, are you or are you not left with the impression that the candidate is not voting his party come November 9th? You are likely left with the impression that he will either not vote or possibly even vote for Hillary. Well, I don't think that's done by accident. And if you are a responsible consumer of the news, neither will you. And you will read the article for content rather than rely on the clickbait headlines or the purposely worded slant that headlines have become. When I did read further into that article, candidate Dr. Joe Heck said that he will cast his vote for the Trump-Pence ticket, actually based on the wise choice of Trump choosing Pence as his running mate. To which I said to myself, well, isn't that a funny way to tell a story? Dan? So he's saying that he's going to vote for Pence. Basically, 
I mean, he might have even been trying to be somewhat um, ironic or memorable in the way that he stated it. But when they place that as the headline, I will not vote for Trump. Come on. Did that really portray the story the way that the, the truth of the story? No, it, it did not. And I think we see, I don't even think we're seeing that. I know for a fact we're seeing that all the time. And uh, sometimes I'll read an article based on the headline. Oh, that's interesting. Let's see what it says. And I get all the way to the end of the article and I go, I don't know how this headline and that article even got put in the same place at the same time because they really don't have anything to do with one another. Well, you know, this is a two-hour discussion just on that, but we've got an exciting lineup of guests today. We do. And I think we want to get on that. Heck yeah. Our first hour, we have Charlie Cook. He's host of video podcast called Riding Shotgun with Charlie. He is also the creator of Hashtag Gungrams. He's here with a bit of real fun to talk about his unique videos where he makes sweet, sweet music with a trumpet and a Glock. Uh-huh. Check him out. Very, very fun guy. Wow. We also have A.W.R. Hawkins. He's an award-winning journalist at Breitbart News who has also earned his doctorate in military history. A.W.R. will be discussing the expected outcomes of a universal background check on reducing criminal activity in the United States. There is a key feature of this platform that Hillary Clinton has been running on. So we will break it down with A.W.R. coming up in the first hour. Can I give you a spoiler alert on that? That the universal background checks are not going to uh really stop crime at all and and he's going to go back in history and show us well what crimes would it have stopped let's say if it would have been implemented five years ago ten years ago what crimes would it have stopped and uh spoiler alert yep i'm excited to hear about that yeah our second era we have steven katowski he steven is a writer at the washington free beacon and was recently awarded the Defender of Liberty Award at the GRPC, and he's here to talk about it. The Gun Rights Battle for a Media Perspective. That was the name of the panel that he was on. And so um, where I'm at the top of the the discussion, I'm saying, you know, well, the media's got these slants and these biases and that sort of thing. And so then they were talking about, well, from a media perspective, because he's in the media What does this whole battleground look like um, dealing with the rights restrictors that want to alter the Second Amendment versus the those of us that that value our Second Amendment rights as they're written? So interesting. We also have Kelsey Williams. You know, Cheryl, we go to the SHOT Show every year. And and by the way, we just signed up for that and we've got our rooms and everything. That's exciting. So wait a minute. I'm a brand new listener and I'm brand new to this whole gun world. SHOT Show, what's that? SHOT Show is a city within a city. Mm -hmm. It is a huge event that you cannot do in three, four days. You, You have to say, well, I guess I'll skip this because I want to do that. And you really have to spend a week planning to make sure. But who who's presenting there? Well, it's it's the industry, right? right? The firearms industry. Right. All the manufacturers, really from all over the world, come to Las Vegas. And so Kelsey helps organize yeah, that. She, uh, yes, she has. She's the one that sets it up. Ma- build, basically builds a city within a city. She works with these companies who organize, among other things, Industry Day at the range. Um, and so that's a deal where... All the industry goes out to the range and they shoot various firearms. All the different firearms. 
Williams. I'm excited. This is our first year we're going to be able to go to that. And so, of course, Kelsey works for CMG Marketing and Events. We're very excited to bring her on. Uh, We will also have a Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. You know, this is a pre-recorded show. We Mm -hmm. uh, This is actually... We're recording this the day after the uh, lec- uh, the um, debate. Uh, debate, and I'm not sure I'm too calm. <laughs> well, um, we'll see. Stick around for the, the end of the second hour for Dan's commentary and see how that goes, if he rants or if he's calm. But uh, So we did watch the debates last night. What, what do you think, Dan? What, what are your thoughts? What are your takeaways? I know you hate that when somebody asks you, what's your takeaway? But... What did you come away thinking about? How about the first, the very first question about the Supreme Court and how it uh, affects the Second Amendment? What, what did you think about the answers given there? Do you want me to use my radio uh, voice and, uh, or do you want me to use my personal one? <laughs> I don't know. I'm nervous. So we'll keep it We calm. are pre-recording, so I guess I could, uh, I'd have the power to filter you <clears throat> After you speak, if it's too ranty. We're not allowed to do that. But anyway, I was uh, shocked that Hillary didn't stay on the same stance that she did when she first started running for president, where she said she wants an Australian type uh, gun laws Mm -hmm. and that she wanted that she um, wanted to adjust the Second Amendment. Then now we're looking at, okay, it's a couple of weeks before election time. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, oh, I love the Second Amendment. I, I I believe in it, but yet she wants to change it. Yeah, there's always that but, right? Everybody that says, well, I support the Second Amendment, and then it's followed by a but. Be careful with that because we're talking about Hillary Clinton. Well, I'm just saying a true supporter of the Second Amendment says, I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment, and I will do everything I can to, to support how it was written, how uh, the Supreme Court has interpreted it previously uh but the one thing that i thought was it was just almost comical because hillary uh has been so rehearsed through all of these debates and she was trying so hard to figure out wait what's my segue to get to that cdc report that you and i discussed on the air last week where uh you know they're trying to say that more toddlers are getting hurt with uh, firearms, like self-inflicted, they're they're having accidents with firearms because they're not trained and their parents aren't aren't handling the firearms uh, responsibly. But last week we even discussed that somebody key to this report said, I don't think our findings are very valid. And so she was trying so hard to work that in and bring that around. And so she just kept saying the word, uh, I think she kept saying 3,000 toddlers, thousands of toddlers. And I think she said dozens of toddlers. But it's like, okay, there's the key word. And and I know where she's going. I know what she's alluding to. But, um, you know, they they don't even have a, a valid report. And she still wants to try to work it into a, ba- a debate and still try to say, oh, but I support the Second Amendment. It's just about the toddlers. No, it's not. It's about Hillary Clinton wanting to change our ability to protect ourselves based on our Second Amendment rights. Yes, well, Cheryl, you need to be careful because if the media gets a hold of this program, mm-hmm. all they're going to hear is that Cheryl said something about Hillary's butt. <laughs> All right, I think that's cue for a commercial break. That's not what I said, but uh, isn't that fun? 
which is the theme of our show today. Stick around. We've got Charlie Cook coming up, the host of Riding Shotgun with Charlie, right after this. Hi, I'm Paul Lathrop. I'd like to talk with you about the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. As many of you know, you'll likely have to win two fights if you have to use your gun in self-defense. The first fight is the gunfight itself. The second fight is the fight to clear your good name through the legal system. You don't need to draw your gun to find yourself in a legal battle for your life and freedom. Even if you do everything right, you may still be prosecuted, which could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is an official sponsor of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and they will completely take that worry away by giving you financial assistance and legal assistance if you have to use your gun in a legitimate self-defense situation. In my case, it was $12,500 just to get out of jail and get the attorney started. Don't let no rezealous anti-gun prosecutor make your life miserable because you chose to legally defend yourself. Sign up at armedcitizensnetwork.org for only $135 for the first year and discounted renewals. Or you can call 360-978-5200 and just tell them Paul sent you. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. The theme of our show today is, well, isn't that fun? And depending on how you say it, you could convey a whole lot of different uh, meanings, ironic, sarcastic, but right now I mean it genuinely and excitedly because our first guest is Mr. Charlie Cook. He is the host of this really awesome video podcast called 
Riding Shotgun with Charlie. And uh, he's also the creator of the hashtag GunGrams. And I I don't want to take away your thunder, Charlie. So I'm going to have you help us tell the listeners what those are all about. Are you on the air with us? I am, Cheryl. How are you? I am wonderful. And Dan is here also. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Dan. How are you? Good, good. to see you. Good. Well, good to see you. Good to talk. <laughs> yes. Well, um, you know, if we had Skyped each other, you could have seen us, but we decided to just go strictly <laughs> audio. But all right. So I don't even know where to start because I'm so excited about everything you do. But when I was talking about the, the gun grams and how you have just hit, you went viral, guy. What What is I, going on with that? I um, well, I'm, I've got my seatbelt on. I, I have. Uh, I'm not sure. How, I, I don't want to say I don't know how it happened. I kind of know how it happened, but I don't know how it happened. If you know what I mean? Right. Um, I've been. I've been making. I started last summer, about a year and a half ago, making videos where I play the trumpet with one hand and shoot a gun with the other hand. And literally, it started out. I I played you know, birthday America. Right. Well, but, <laughs> exactly, because I have two hands. <laughs> totally, totally. So I, I did a happy birthday video for a friend of mine and sent it to her for her son's birthday, and, and she thought it was great. He thought it was great. So I put it on my you on my Facebook page, and then literally I had a lot of people that are like, "Hey, dude, that's kind of clever. Can can you send one to me? Can you make one for my girlfriend?" Um, so. That's just kind of how that happened. And then I realized there's a lot of other things that I could play. I could play patriotic tunes. So I've got the Star Spangled Banner and uh, Grand Old Flag. And I did, at Veterans Day last year, I did a medley of all the uh, the military tunes, the, the caissons and uh, the Marines hymn and uh, Anchors Away. So that's I, I've just been putting those up for a while. And actually last September, a television show got in touch with me. Called, they're called Right This Minute. And they said, hey, these are pretty cool. Can we put these on TV? So I said, sure. And then it, it, that, that was really cool. I was on I, I, I was on like television in 90% of the country, which I think is better coverage than most of the cell phones, you know? Right. <laughs> and right. And then I, I ended up starting the writing shotgun stuff this past spring. Well, before and we move that, too far I, off of your oh. your gun gram that went viral, I'm actually going to play it right now so everybody can get a oh, sense awesome. of what the heck we're talking about. Okay, three, two, one. So that gives folks a sense of what are we talking about? <laughs> so so in America, a dude with a trumpet yeah. and a Glock and, and a decent sense of uh, timing and, and an ear for not hitting <laughs> flat notes, that can go viral. That, that's amazing. Honestly. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, Andrew Gottlieb from the Second Amendment Foundation, who I met at the GRPC, asked me a week and a half ago if he could have a couple to put on the, the Second Amendment Foundation's Facebook page. So I said, hey, you know what? Halloween's coming up. Here's the Munsters. Here's the Adams Family. And in the last week and a half, over, over 2 million people around the world have viewed that uh, through Facebook. 
That is Charlie, awesome. I, I tried that last weekend, and I couldn't get the trumpet to shoot, and the Glock wouldn't play. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what you have to do with the hand, Dan? You have to switch hands. You, oh, oh. <laughs> it's not how this works. That's not how any of this works, right? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Totally. Okay, so... Riding Shotgun with Charlie. That is your video podcast. To describe that to us because that needs visual and, and that's not going to convey for me to try to pull that up on the, the air right now. But so describe that to us. Well, what it is, is I've, you know, I've seen Seinfeld do the comedians in cars getting coffee and I've seen the carpool karaoke with James Corden. I spend a lot of time for my, my day job. I spend a lot of time driving around. So I thought, you know, these guys can interview people in their car. I, I can do that, too. And I said, if I interview people in my car, like, I could talk to musicians. I could talk to uh, regular folk, motivational speaker, people that are authors. I could talk to my gun guys. So I just kind of went through the list of people that I, I could possibly interview. And then I realized if I'm driving and they're sitting next to me, that's writing shotgun. Why don't I call it writing shotgun? Uh, somebody actually has the writingshotgun.com website. So I'm like, I got to make it different. I'm going to call it Riding Shotgun with Charlie because it puts in my name and, and whatever for that. So that's just how it came about. I started videotaping me and my kids practicing, trying to learn camera and video stuff. And then I got I got one GoPro for that, and then I got two GoPros, and then I decided, you know what? I had one GoPro go down on me, <laughs> and it stopped. Uh, I ended up bumping it, and I cut off half my face on the video. So that's when I decided to get a third camera. And I set the cameras up on the on the, the dashboard and on the front window and, and interview people. And, you know, my my goal, since it's writing shotgun, is to talk to gun folks about gun stuff. That's so clever. And that's just kind of how it took off, you know. And I go back and forth between one camera and the next camera, and, and it's just a lot of fun. It's, it gives me a chance to get together with like-minded people, get in the car, and just have, a, have an intimate conversation without anything else or any, any you know, distractions. That I mean, is no, so, I mean, no, more, no more distractions than riding in a regular car. That is so <laughs> clever. So, like, when I ride shotgun with Charlie, I think we're going to have to, like, FaceTime or something, and then you can just, like, set my laptop, set a laptop in your passenger seat. No, no, no. No, I have to interject <laughs> her. If so she fun. rides shotgun with you, Charlie, she's going to be saying, watch out for that. Watch out for this. <laughs> You're going to do some backseat driving? I, uh, I may or may <laughs> yes. not uh, oh, backseat drive a little bit. But um, but the reason I say oh, that is because no. we're way <laughs> over here in Arizona, and you are way the heck over in Massachusetts, right? Massachusetts. Yes. But you know what? Here is one of my, uh, one of my crazy goals is I want to do one of these in every state. Mm. So what I... What my objective is is to try to get some sponsorship to help afford uh, to help afford taking a trip somewhere and renting a car, and then nice. using using the money raised from sponsorships to literally like fly out to Arizona and drive around with you in the desert and, nice. and um, put and a camera maybe, on the car and show yeah and maybe shoot off our 105 howitzer cannon. Now, we only have one shot at a time for that, so it'll have to be like a big finale. So instead no, we have of, two. We could do two. Oh, that's true. We do have two. So instead of the Glock going pow, pow, we'll have the, the Howitzer go boom. So that, boom. Well, maybe we should work on the 1812 Overture for that. I like it. Yes, do that. Now, 
we heard you speak at the Gun Rights Policy Conference just recently, and uh, it was such a so enjoyable because so much of of gun talk right now it feels very heavy because we have this important election coming up and the second amendment is a big part of it and and so we do spend a lot of time wringing our hands and fretting and and really trying to make sure that we're we're on the right side of things and all that sort of thing and then you come along and you're you're like I guarantee you I am the only firearms instructor in the room who has also played with the band Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm like, okay, you had me. You had me at that. What What are we talking? What happened? <laughs> well, I, I spent my, my goal in life was to be a rock star. But I didn't realize when I was a young boy that the rock band Kiss did not have a horn section. So I was, I was never going to have that job. Dang it. You missed your... Um, I've, I've been telling kids... I know, I missed my boat. I've been telling kids for a long time, I said, you know what, loud music and fire and blood, now that's rock and roll. Um, so I spent, uh, literally, I was, I don't want to say I'm late to the gun thing, I've been doing it for about uh, 15 or 16 years, but I, I wanted to be a rock star, I wanted to play in a band, and I spent, you know, I knew I would be a teacher, so I've, I've been a teacher for over 20 years, but I, I, I spent 10 years playing in like a Motown disco funk band in Boston. And we used to play uh, three and four nights a week at a little nightclub. The when we you know we did our fair share of private gigs and weddings and those sorts of things. But then we had some cool gigs. We were offered uh, offered a chance to open up for Ray Charles at a private party. Wow! Um, we opened up for Earth Wind. Yeah, that was that was. I mean, believe me, that was like a religious experience to see Serious. Ray Charles play. Serious. Um, we had another. Yeah, we had another private party where we opened up for Earth Wind and Fire. Um, Meatloaf's daughter actually hired us to play at her wedding. Oh, wow. So that was, yeah, that was pretty cool. He came up and did like a 10-minute version long, a 10-minute long version of Mustang Sally with us. So that was, uh, <laughs> that, that was pretty so cool. so fun. Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> I know. So when I, when I tell people, I say, listen, you know what? You might meet somebody, you might have a gun instructor that's got more, uh, more experience, you know, because I, I know a lot of people like to, uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, you need to learn, learn gun safety from somebody that's a police officer or someone that's in the, in the, in the military. And I'm like, mm, you know what, maybe, but not everybody picks up on that. Not everyone gets that vibe. And I'm just, a, I'm just a regular guy, well. you know, teaching gun classes and, and, you know, spilling, it's obviously spilled over into, you know, being a musician and, and putting music together and being, being a speaker and, and coming up with another avenue to, to be a different different sort of a gun guy. I think you can be a lot more so, effective with that, uh, having fun with teaching versus just being hardcore teaching. Oh, absolutely. I've taken gun classes where I look at my own, like, you know, 20 minutes, a half hour into it, and I'm like, oh, my God, how long is this class? When do we get out of here? <laughs> um, there's plenty of classes like that. And I, I, when, I, when I teach classes, literally people are like, I'm like, all right, we need to finish up because we're, you know, we're right at the four-hour mark, and they're like, it, it's been four hours. Like, yeah, it's it's been four hours. So I, I keep things lively. Um, you know, pe- if people want to talk serious talk, I'll talk serious with them. If they want to, you know, they want to talk about the five evil features of an assault weapon, we can go through that. And I use a funny voice and air quotes. And, you I, know, I love it, and I have no. I still, I still convey the message. I have no uh, doubt that that you keep things fun and light because at the gun rights policy conference, uh, we were on a panel together. 
and uh, you know Masad Ayub. Okay, he is like the godfather of all uh, firearms training. Uh, he is speaking at the podium. The uh, the president mm-hmm. of the Second Amendment Foundation that puts on the gun rights policy conference is standing just just behind you and I, and we're sitting next to each other. And the next thing I know, we're doing like a selfie session, and Alan Gottlieb <laughs> is doing bunny ears behind you. And I'm thinking, uh, this is probably a little inappropriate, but you know what? I'm going with it because it was fun, and that was my... Honestly, my my favorite picture and my favorite memory from the whole conference. And you just bring fun everywhere you go. Oh, you're too kind. I appreciate it. That was literally sitting, I'm literally, I'm sitting next to you. And I've been following you on social media for a long time. So when I found out you were going to the GRPC, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to meet her. I got to have my picture with her. (laughs) So sitting next to you and seeing Masada Ayub next to us, I'm like, this is it, right? I need I need a picture of this. Yeah, I need a picture of this. And then as I go to take the picture, Alan hops in and, and does the bunny ears and photo bombs us. Oh, my God, it was the best. This, it really was. That, that was the moment. I loved it. And, and I glance at my husband, and he's, like, doing one of these. He's got his head in his hands, and he's shaking his head. He's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> because everywhere Cheryl goes is a party. Everywhere. <laughs> well, you got to have fun in life, right? That's a good place to be. Well, all right. You absolutely do. Absolutely. So you you are not just a firearms instructor. You also teach um, music, right? You're a teacher in a public school. I am, yep. And so being a teacher... I te- teach in, in some private schools. Oh, teach in but, private yeah. school. I, I taught in public... I taught in public schools and private schools for forever. Gotcha. And so <laughs> that's kind of how you came around to to being in in this world of firearms, right? Being a gun guy. Yeah. So explain yes, how I was those te- two things collide. I was teaching in a public school on September 11th, and and since I'm the band teacher, my room always gets used for anything. And I uh, on September 11th, they used my room for the uh, for pictures. So it was picture day. So they're like, all right, well, you're not going to be in your room. We're going to put you in the teacher's room. We're going to give you some busy work. And I watched all the September 11th stuff happen on television. Mm. After that, we had a meeting where the principal called us in, and he says, listen, if anyone gets in the building that's not supposed to be here, he's going to say, the eagle has landed, and that means everybody hide under their desks. And I was, I don't want to say I was young, but I was new. I was a young father. And I had a young family, and I said, this seems a little crazy. I want to go home to my kids. Mm. Uh, so if the teachers on the first floor had a gun, the teachers on the second floor can keep teaching if a bad guy gets in the building. And I told this to the teachers in the teacher room, and they all kind of looked at me like I was crazy. So that's when I said, I'm going to go get a gun license. I think it's time to check this out. And I literally, the first time I went shooting, the, oh, the, the, the class that I took to get my license, it was, it was four hours long. It was three and a half hours of legal mumbo-jumbo, and then they held up a couple handguns and said, here's a revolver, here's the semi-auto, don't touch them. And, and that was the gun safety class that I took to get my license. <laughs> oh my um, <laughs> so you feel fully yeah, prepared to don't handle a, an emergency situation, I, I knew, right? I knew, less, <laughs> uh, I knew less walking out of the class than I did going in the class. Right. So uh, a few months later, yeah, a few months later, I took the basic pistol class, and I, I, we got to do live shooting as part of the curriculum for that class. And I'm like, this is great. This is a lot of fun. I, I think I can do this. And, and having been a teacher for a long time and then getting into the shooting stuff and becoming a range safety officer, running bowling pin shoots, I, I used to volunteer time with the Gun Owners Action League, which is the pro-gun group here in Massachusetts, and I would help them with their firearm safety education days. 
And that led into doing that for, you know, a couple of years. And then one of the, the director of education said, hey, you should become an NRA instructor. So I'm like, all right, what do I have to do for that? So I got certified through the NRA and the state police. And then it's, you know, you do home firearm safety basic pistol, and then you do another class and another one and another one. And um, my deal is this. I was teaching at a shooting school here in Massachusetts, and, and I'd, you know, I'd get paid a little bit of money to teach the class, but I'd, I'd look at the class, and everybody made a, uh, everyone paid $100 to take the class. And I'd look at the class, and everyone started to turn into Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> and I'd say, right, because everybody paid 100 bucks. And I'm looking at class, I'm like, I have 20 Benjamin Franklins here, and I'm not going home with anything close to that. I want to come home with more Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine encouraged me to... Yeah, a friend of mine encouraged me to start my uh, side biz and teach classes on my own, and and I've been doing that for uh, for about three years, probably three or four years, about a little more seriously the last three years, and it's it's been a lot of fun. I've you know got the email list growing and started a Facebook page and a website and all that all that stuff. My goodness, you are just a busy dude. So you you <laughs> still teach? Uh, you're in private schools teach. to to teach music, right? Yep, I still teach in private schools. Yep. And then you do, do your firearms instructing, and then every once in a while you go out in a field and uh, blow your trumpet and fire off your Glock. And what's the bowling pin shoot? Yes. I tried that bowling pin shoot, and I got kicked out of the bowling alley. <laughs> You're doing it wrong again. It's not how it's done. Right. It, it, it's the venue. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. AMF doesn't like it when you go to the bowling. Yeah, AMF doesn't like it when you go to the bowling alley for a bowling pin shoot. I can do it better than I can with a ball. <laughs> they they still don't I like thought it. We, we should do shotgun bowling. Ooh. I thought we could do shotgun bowling. That would be kind of fun. That would right, be fun. A little fun. spin on the turkey shoot. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So in the videos that I I see you in, and we're gonna go when when our segment's up in just a second here, um, we're gonna lead out with your monsters um, instead of our usual music. But um, you're in a field now. Tell me, is that like at home, or is that what a shooting range looks like it, in Massachusetts? Because here in Arizona, it's there's nothing it, green. <laughs> it's uh, it's a, one of the local shooting clubs that I belong to. So what do they and think? It's, it's more of a social <laughs> show up club. with your. I I've been. Well, there's there's been an older gentleman that's there. Um, the first time I went, there was a they had like a birthday party going on. So I literally I showed up with my trumpet and AR and set up a camera. I'm like oh, I'm going to be like 30 seconds, man. And I was out of there, and they're like, "What was that?" I'm like, I, "I'm not sure. I, I I'll see you later." <laughs> the next time I came back, he's uh, the the same old guy was there, and he's like. Are you the guy that plays the bugle and shoots the gun? I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> the third time I went, it was on like a Monday morning, it's like nine fifteen in the morning, and I want to do this before I head out to uh, head out for work. Uh, he's sitting there with another old guy, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, you got to watch this guy. He blows the horn and shoots a gun at the same time." <laughs> and the star was born. See, so you're a rock star after all, just in a completely different venue. All right, we've got to run. Tell people how they can follow you. Uh, tell people how they can follow you, and we're going to go out with uh, with your Munsters song. The Munsters. All right, well, people can find me on Facebook if they look for Writing Shotgun with Charlie. And I don't have a website going, but they can find the YouTube channel is Writing Shotgun with Charlie slash C slash Writing Shotgun, excuse me, YouTube.com slash C slash Writing Shotgun with Charlie. And they can find gun grabs because oh, when I put them up, I do hashtag gun grab, or they can find hashtag Charlie's gun grab. 
That's awesome. how they can find the, uh, the videos where I shoot and play. So much fun. And, and now I'm the one that's doing it wrong because we already did Adam's Family. We're going to go out with... No, wait. We already did Munsters. <laughs> I got this all wrong. <laughs> We're going to go out with one of these cool songs. Ready, set. Thank you so much for awesome. being on, Charlie. We'll have Thanks, you back Charlie. on again soon. Thanks, Alan. Everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast: long guns, pistols, hunting, military law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town, Avondale, off the I-10 and Dysart Road, and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And we are about to welcome to the show Dr. A.W.R. Hawkins, who holds a Ph.D. in military history and is an award-winning journalist at Breitbart News. AWR recently spoke at the Gun Rights Policy Conference uh, and proposed a, a, about a proposal the, about the rights-restricting federal program called the Universal Background Check, and it's about re- the, supposedly reducing the criminal activity in the United States. This is a key feature on a platform that Hillary Clinton has been running on, and as a journalist who researches firearms-related topics and who also has a rich background in history, what effects do you see if this universal, comprehensive, or enhanced background check becomes the law of the land? That's the question that I have for our guest, A.W.R. Hawkins. Are you with us? 
Oh, I'm here, Cheryl. Well, excited to have you on the air. It's been a while since we've been able to connect. You are a busy guy. This has been a crazy busy season for anybody in the media uh, as we've been coming upon this crazy election season. Um, so thank you for carving out uh, a few minutes to be able to be with us and dance here with us as well. AWR, we're, we should be in good shape because, you know, Trump says he's four guns. And now Hillary says she is, too. She says she's uh, for the Second Amendment and everything else last night. So uh, we're in good shape, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, we're in great shape. She said she said I support the Second Amendment, but exactly. we can't forget the but is the bad word. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, what comes after the word but um, very often with her is this idea of universal background checks. Right. Or now they've softened the language. They've called it, oh, it's comprehensive or or it's enhanced. Right. And so um, the speech that you gave at the GRPC, the Gun Rights Policy Conference, you basically just enumerated the the list of murderers that happen to choose firearms as their their weapon of choice that everybody seems to think would have been stopped had the universal background check been in play maybe five years ago, 10 years ago. Uh, How how did that go? That went well. I mean, you know, the bottom line is you can look at background checks a number of ways. You know, listing those people as I did is is not a bad move. But I think the first thing that people need to understand is philosophically – a background check, or practically, excuse me, practically, in real life, a background check looks backward. That's why they call it a background check. I know you all know that, and I know probably many listeners know it, so I'm not trying to insult anybody and act like they're dumb. I'm just I'm going with the basics here because we don't have to go very far to understand why these things don't work and why the promise of safety is a false promise. Background checks look backward. So if I don't have a criminal history, if all I have is criminal intent, they won't stop me from getting a gun. That's, that's, that, it, that is everything in a nutshell. So you have these people, whether driven by evil, uh, you know, I don't buy into the, that it's either uh, mental health problem or nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some mental health problems, so we got, but we have to remember, I, the majority of these people are driven by evil. Period. They're evil people. Mm-hmm. Then we we do have some mental health problems. But again, mental health is like criminality. If you don't have a mental health record, a background check won't find any record, so you won't be stopped from buying a gun. So once you're not stopped, if you have criminal intent but no record to stop you, then whether you're driven by evil, a mental issue, or Islam, whatever drives you, all right, uh, whether it's uh, or hatred of government and a timid. Timmy McVeigh way, mm-hmm. uh, whatever drives you, then once you have the gun, it's just up to you when you'll carry it out. And proof of this is rampant. You, the, it's harder for me to think of someone who didn't pass a background check, who, who carried out a high-profile shooting. It's harder for me to think of someone who didn't pass a background check than to think of someone who did. And the two people I think of who didn't pass a background check, both of them stole their guns. So it wasn't that they bypassed the background check to buy the gun privately. It's that they knew they couldn't pass the background check, so they stole the guns. So 
the background check offers no hindrance to to uh, high profile shooters who have been smart enough to not commit any crimes greater than a speeding ticket or something like that. Well, well that's go ahead, Dan. I, I think that's their whole plan. It's not about the background checks overall. It's just a baby step to complete removal of guns. If they can't control it, they want them gone. All right. No, you're you're exactly right, Dan. Look. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to to say this. The the best thing to do, you know, we don't have to look at abstract things. And I'm talking to myself here when when I give an example. Look, just look at California. California has had uh, expanded background checks, comprehensive, whatever you want to call them, for quite some time. What have they added to that? Was that the end for them? No. Once they had those, they added gun confiscation laws, gun registration laws, gun violence uh, restraining orders. But right now, you know, the legislature has passed a limit, a statewide ban on uh, high-capacity magazines. There's another ban that's similar to that, tweaked a little bit, that'll be voted on November 8th for the state. They also now want to implement ammunition background checks. And the proof of of the goal of that is, to Dan's point, putting comprehensive background checks in place wasn't the end. That wasn't, yay, now we're safe. Mm -hmm. No, that was the beginning so that they could then go, well, now we need this, now we need that. And if someone thinks, well, that's one state, one example, you can't prove it, I can prove it all day. You can go to Washington State where they passed comprehensive background checks in 2014. Now what are they talking about? An assault weapons ban? and gun storage laws. Go to Oregon, where they outlawed the quote-unquote, uh, the quote, gun show loophole. I believe they did that in 20, uh, 2003, I believe is when they did that. It may have been a little later, but either way. So they, they expanded background checks to cover gun shows in the early part of the 21st century. Everybody thought, wow, that's it. No. So then last year, they expanded background checks to cover all sales, and then, no, that was this year. And now they are also pushing gun storage laws. And and uh, both Oregon and Washington are looking at expanding the list of who is pro- prohibited from owning guns. So it's, it's to Dan's point. It goes on and on and on. Comprehensive background checks simply, they don't just get the government's foot in the door. They get both feet in the, in the door and at least one arm. They get them in, in the room where they can start chasing down lawful gun owners, figuring out where they are, how many guns do they own, what's their address, is that their permanent address, when are they at work, when are they at home. They can figure everything out, and they start to form lists. And my experience as a student of history is when the government starts to form a list, somebody's about to lose some freedom. Well, AWR, when we, you know, if you look back, I'm not that much on history, but I know enough about Germany they didn't just go in there and say, okay, everybody's got to give up their guns. They did it gradually with little petty things. They didn't do it with just guns. They did it with everything to the Jews. They started out very small. This is not going to hurt you. Went to the next step, the next step. And then pretty soon you wake up and say, I can't own a gun now. Right. That's what they're no, doing. No, you're right. That's exactly what they're doing. I can I'll tell you another support for what you're saying, Dan, is this. If you look at Australia right now, and this is something I'm writing on today, Australia had their gun ban that Hillary Clinton's just absolutely crazy over, as you know. She said that it's worth considering in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also said it's worth looking at. Those are both direct quotes. Uh, anyway, uh, the gun ban, which was for semi-automatic weapons, yada, 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 
Uh, now, now what do they want? Now they want to get rid of lever-action shotguns, which would be like our beloved lever-action 30-30 in America. They mm-hmm. want to get rid of lever-action shotguns, and uh, they're using the same tired arguments. They say, that rifle can fire eight rounds in ten seconds. And so, so the people who are pushing these controls, they're just, they keep going for more and more, and they're too ignorant of guns to understand. If I were to shoot eight rounds in ten seconds out of a lever-action firearm, accuracy would be nil. You would probably be safe if you were standing 15 feet in front of me giving me the bird. I would probably never get around on you because I would be wiggling that gun so bad to cock it, fire it, cock it, fire it, cock it. These people don't understand. They just look for something that they can make appear threatening so that they can then ban it, of course, for our good. Anytime the government acts for my good, I know that I'm going to lose freedom. Right. And, you know, I want to add to the Australian ban that it hasn't solved their problem at all. No. It's exasperated it in Victoria and in Melbourne, uh, Victoria in the whole state, but in Melbourne as a, uh, a, a city province of that state, it has exasperated it, made it worse. And they're getting ready. They're considering a whole new ban. And uh, they don't term it as a ban. They term it as a um uh, amnesty and what that would mean is they want to go look if you still have some of these guns we'll give you a period of time you could turn them into the government without facing prosecution and uh what they don't figure out is the reason they're having to do this again is because the first time around the criminals did what they're going to do this time around they didn't turn them in they thought man this is going to be easy as pie once the people turn in their guns i can break in their house with a small caliber weapon they can't fight back I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want to the people in the home. I can take whatever I want from the home. There's nothing they can do. And that's the environment that the Australians have created. Well, I would like to also add that, remember, on national TV, Hillary did say she wants to model the Australian gun laws. Well, she did. Right. and But she really has uh, softened her rhetoric as of late. But... Uh, we the show the theme of our show is really to cause people to to think about how you can say one phrase and depending on how you how you uh, use the tone of voice or or the slant that you give it um, it can it can take on a different meaning. So she's trying to say that you no, know, I totally support the the Second Amendment. I just want to uh, do away with the gun show loophole. Well. There is no such thing, and I know you know that, um, AWR. How about the online sales, too? And Where can we sell guns online right now? Right. So so right. neither one of those things exist because as the online sales, you still can't ship a gun legally. It's, still, it's already against the law for Joe to, to ship Jill a gun just through the mail. It's got to come through a licensed dealer like our store, a, uh, AZ Firearms. But when she says that she wants to close this gun show loophole, what she's really saying, and you, you tell me if I'm incorrect on this, AWR, is that she's trying to do away with any private party sales. And if you've done wo- yeah. away with private party sales, that is the universal background check that she's been talking about, which lends in, leans into the Australian model, which will end up being confiscation. Am I, am I wrong about that train of thought? Oh, no, that's what she's doing. You know, the, 
the Second Amendment was ratified in 1791, and at that point, and since that time, and prior to that time, uh, colonists and then Americans have sold guns privately to one another since 1791. So that's to your point, Cheryl. It's not a loophole. Mm-hmm. It's life in America. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're exactly right. To go after that is to go after that without admitting you're going after the Second Amendment is just a bald lie. That's the only way I can put it. Because the Second Amendment was put in place in an environment where neighbor sold guns to the neighbor, where the father sold a gun to his son, where the son sold a gun to his cousin, so on and so forth. And she wants to step in and and try to find a way to force a paper trail. And I think I think what's important is to understand background checks came into existence in this country in 1998. Prior to that, from 1791 to 1998, all private sales, all. So what the left has been busy doing for the last 20, 25 years is trying to find a way to figure out how they can get all the guns that were sold prior to background checks, they can get a paper trail for those as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why all of this push to expand gun control is going on right now, because they know there are not hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands, but millions of guns that the government has no idea about. And that drives them crazy. And, and it really have... drives you crazy if you want to be a tyrant. And she wants to be a tyrant. Exactly. And they have no reason to know about them. They have no right to know about them. And we would like to keep it that way. Um, And we're running out of time, but I wanted to be sure and give you a second to tell us about your new podcast you have started up here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Breitbart launched a podcast on Tuesday. It'll it'll be on iTunes every Tuesday. It's Bullets with A.W.R. Hawkins. And it's just, uh, it's about 45 minutes of talking about... uh, uh, the news of the week on guns. It's a quick summary. It's not. It's not as thorough as as you get into the topics. But then I, I have a guest uh, this week. My guest will be uh, Eric Pratt with Gun Owners of America, and we'll, you know, you know, he and his dad Larry, they're no holds barred. So mm-hmm. there'll be some serious takedown of Hillary Clinton's <laughs> position. Oh, so I gotta I listen to that. But that's it. Then I, I would ask everybody who, who can get on iTunes. There's a podcast up right now. Grab it. Bullets with AWR Hawkins. And I need some good reviews. You know, some five-star reviews would be nice. Fantastic. Well, I know our listeners uh, value the work you do on Breitbart. You always give it to us straight. And you give us the real news. And now to expand that into a podcast, I guarantee our listeners are going to check that out. Favorite it five-star it. So, AWR, thank you so much for taking the time with us today on the air. Oh, thank you. Great to be with you and great to speak with Dan as well. Absolutely. Bye now. All right. AWR Hawkins. Boy, it just doesn't get better than that. All right. Still to come, our second hour. Don't move a muscle. We have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary along with two more awesome guests that you do not want to miss and we're back 
Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home so I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. 